Hey. Hi. <laughs> you look so pretty. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh my God. You have not changed, not even a little bit. Really? You think so? Not even a little. No. <laughs> no. In fact, I'm looking at like one of the pictures from back then and I'm looking at you right now and I'm like, <laughs> same kid. <laughs> thank you. So hello, everybody, and welcome to season four of Changed for the Better, episode 41. Changed for the better, and the music made me stronger. Now I'm changed for the better, you were there for me. you're opening season four. Oh, that's awesome wow i feel special <laughs> you definitely are. You definitely are. so hello my guests today was one of my tried and true students so to speak she was kind of my my tiny dancer if i can call her that <laughs> Upon entering the halls of Spring Valley High School, she immediately found her way to the dance studio, kind of like a magnet, where she basically parked herself for four years. Uh, leotard and tights was her outfit of choice. And for each performing arts activity that we had to offer, she was right there, front and center, ready to give every ounce of her talent and her effort to the project. She was a quick study in my ballet, modern dance, multicultural dance classes. And she joined the dance club, of course, as a freshman. Uh, inspired to pursue further study, she did take classes over at Coupe Theater Studio, which is one of our local big dance studios, uh, which only enriched her experience in school, helped me out a lot. And each year she was quickly recognized as one of those great dancers in school. And she helped to elevate the dance program, how dance was looked at in the eyes of her peers. Now, Thespians was also a really integral part of her high school life. She dug into the gravitas of Aida, which was your sophomore show, right? That was yes. sophomore year, yeah. Um, she got into that swing jazz of Gershwin and nice work if you can get it. And there she earned that coveted co-dance captain spot, which like at the time everybody really wanted. Uh, she was a junior at the time. And then in her senior year, she took this star turn as Maisie LaBird mm -hmm. in Susical the Musical. She also did wet her, act, her acting chops in two of our fall one act productions. And she explored the gamut of comedy and tragedy. And there's this really great picture that's going to be in the blog. Oh, maybe I'll put it like right there. Um, and she just has this really like intense way about her. It was quite, quite lovely to work with. So as she was growing into her dance skin, she started choreographing pretty early, I must say. 
And she started creating and performing her own solos and duets for the dance concerts. She clearly had a burning desire to express herself through movement. And that was so exciting to see as an educator um, because she danced with such abandon and some at such passion. And she always would incorporate like all the new skills that she had been accumulating in her studies into her own work and kind of synthesizing it into her own um, her own brand, let's say. And there she found her superpower, at least one of them, in the dance studio. And in a way, she reminds me of my episode four guest named Denisha DeRoche, who created a similar experience for herself. She was also like one of my tiny dance dancer powerhouses. And for both women, the dance studio and the stage were a second, if not sometimes a first home. They discovered how the studio unlocked this Pandora's box for dance and kept coming back to explore more. Recognizing their drive to develop more advanced skills, I knew that I had to sort of think out of the box of what I was doing to help provide more advanced instruction for them in and out of class. And it was, of course, a challenge I happily accepted. When she graduated in 2018, she went to Rockland Community College to study the performing arts. She's like, I gotta, I gotta do this. I wanna move forward with these performing arts studies. But of course, as we have discussed countless times in this podcast, our plans don't always come to fruition and our lives often take very different paths than the ones that we set upon. And as with so many others, the pandemic, <laughs> I feel like I constantly say the pandemic <laughs> created a really unexpected shift for her as well. She became a mom and she found a new passion for saving lives. So now she works as an EMT for both Nanuet EMS and New Jersey Mobile Healthcare. And of course, it's been a minute <laughs> since we've reconnected. I'm <laughs> yeah. really excited to get back and look back to our time together at Spring Valley and learn from her how it has informed her transition into her adulthood. So. First question for you, what is your name, the year you graduated, and tell me a little bit more about what you do now. Well, my name is Ornelli. I graduated in the year 2018, and right now I am primarily focused in the medical field. I am an emergency medical technician. I also dispatch. Uh, we do primarily 911 calls. Um, I also teach still. <laughs> I still teach dance. Um, I also teach a lot of the youth core at EMS, um, in EMS. Like I, I train them, I give them like, like some tips. Whenever I am riding on the ambulance, we always tend to have a third or a fourth. And those are normally youth core or trainee observers. You know, whenever we go on like a crazy call, like I always kind of tell them, you know, hey, if you need to talk, you know, we can talk, uh, we can figure out like what you could have done better. Um, you could tell me like how you feel about the whole, about the whole experience. Same thing with how, when I teach dance, 
you know, anytime, like anytime there's a performance that goes on afterwards, we're always like, what do you think you could have done better? How are you going to take this experience and move forward with it and use it in the future? So I think, I think that teaching aspect is still there for me. I love that. I, I love that you've gotten into that like mentoring teacher realm, because I think you have a lot of valuable experience and valuable skill to pass on to people and kids need good mentors. So now that you are, I want to say you're 23 now. I, I'm almost 23. You're almost 23. Yeah. Oh, she's such a baby, but it's okay. You're a responsible baby. It's, I'm good with that. <laughs> so I want you to use your adult brain okay. to describe your adolescent self. She was definitely outgoing. She was, she liked being the center of attention, not in a bad way, but she always liked being like center stage. Um, she was very confident in herself. I also know that when it came to like criticism, it took her a while to actually like know that she was being given advice and not kind of like being brought down. That's a tough, that's a tough one for a lot of adolescents. They, they look at the world through a very sort of defensive, a lot of them. A very yes. lens. Um, what, at what point do you feel like you were ready to accept the, the the criticism or the feedback rather? I think when we did In Laws and Outlaws, when I got um, one of those leading roles, mm -hmm. definitely, I think that's definitely when things started changing. I know you helped me a lot with that. Like you always reminded me, like, I'm here to help you. I'm not here to like bring you down or anything, um, which was definitely a really big help, especially like growing up the way that I did. Um, anytime that one of my family members or something would tell me something, I would always feel like I'm being brought down or being belittled. Whereas, and like, I always, I took that into the real world with me and you helped me learn that that's not always the case that's good I'm happy for that <laughs> thank you no, because it's true I know a lot of my students have a hard time sometimes at home and what they you know they bring that into their perspective in school and you know we're there to say yeah no that's that does that's not how it has to be with everybody Maybe that's how you're experiencing it somewhere, but that's not here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So looking back to your, um, both your like class rehearsal performance experience, looking at that as a whole, what were things that happened in the studio that helped you to manage or regulate your adolescent self? Definitely those warm-ups, <laughs> easily, um, because during my adolescent years, that was when I started dealing with anxiety a lot, and I would notice whenever we were, like, in rehearsal, those warm-ups, like, the vocal warm-ups, they would really help me calm down, 
and sometimes I would just kind of like do them in my head sometimes I would, a lot of the time I would look like I'm in my own world <laughs> but in reality like I'm going through those warm-ups in my head just to kind of like bring myself back to earth if that makes any sense completely also kind of like you giving me that opportunity to show my leadership skills mm -hmm. that definitely helped me with my confidence and it helped me become a better teacher overall when did you start teaching was it after high school or did you start teaching a little bit in high school i started teaching a little bit in high school i remember you would like let me um choreograph some of the dance concert pieces oh yeah 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 a lot of the the classes that i was in with you like the group numbers you would let me choreograph them parts bits and pieces of it yeah yeah, yeah. I, it's a it's a collaboration <laughs> it's a collaboration <laughs> <laughs> and it's very useful because not only does it help take a little bit of the load off of me it also gives students the ability to say oh i have an opinion and i i can do something and i can contribute and when i have somebody who actually has like a, a nice deal of talent it helps even more i can go okay here we go go ahead do your thing <laughs> <laughs> definitely what were some of the lessons that you learned then that you still think about or use or apply today honestly i still use like some of those warm-ups with like some of my current students i still use them in ems as well to like help someone to help my partners like calm down after you've had a bad call or something yeah and you taught me to be myself i'm also teaching my partners to kind of like relax and be themselves around their patients because it helps calm them down if you're if you're so like strict and like so textbook your patients tend to get a little more nervous and you have to try to form a connection with your patients so you kind of just have to be yourself you know and try to have like a regular conversation with them like yeah they might be dying but you don't want them to know that <laughs> you know because if they freak out, it's just going to make everything worse. So if you're calm, they're going to be calm too. That's right. Yeah, that end of life thing is, you know, it's so hard for everybody. But, you know, the person who's actually going through it, you want them to be as calm and relaxed and just like, if it's going to happen, let it happen. Not go out of this world panicked. Yeah. Well, that's a very valuable thing. <laughs> and thank you for doing that and passing that on to people because nobody wants to call EMS, but when you have to, you have to. And you hope and pray that the people there are not just skilled and compassionate, but can take the best part of themselves and connect with their patients. Yes, exactly. That is very important. Yeah. And where do you, where do you teach dance now? So I do it privately. Um, I'll do, I'll do it through like FaceTime calls, um, sometimes through Zoom. Yeah. Before the pandemic, I was helping my teacher at RCC. Mm -hmm. And at one point he just kind of was like, all right, 
here's a class full of newbies, Ornelli, it's your turn, just do your thing. And then he would just kind of like sit and just watch. So get away. <laughs> yeah, that took me by surprise. That really took me by surprise because I wasn't expecting that. Sure, sure. No, I think, I mean, I think that's, that's great. Um, you know, when you trust a student that much that you can like sit back and give them a little space to not just express themselves but to like take the lead say okay yeah organize it was the same thing it was the same thing at coupe too whenever um a teacher was running late and let's say that like it was a class that I was in or it was a class that had started after mine Mm -hmm. they would kind of just let me step in and do a warm-up with them that's so great so that was also really cool yeah it's nice when you're trusted uh, you know, by the people around you. And it, and it shows you that, you know, you've been, you've been doing, you've been doing the right thing. How have you changed since you graduated high school? I definitely calmed down a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's like part of the, the motherhood in me. Mm. I've learned to not take everything super seriously anymore. I definitely learn to not let something little ruin my entire day that's a big one for me because now I'm like it happened I can't do anything about it just move forward it's if it doesn't matter if it's not going to matter in like five ten years even a month from now I'm not going to let it affect me too much don't sweat the small stuff yeah yeah I hear that a lot (laughs) don't sweat the small stuff And even the big stuff, you can get through the big stuff too, if you can keep a good head about you. Yes. It's possible. Not everything in this life is good, but you know, like we can move past that too. What would your adult self tell your high school self now to help ease the way? Don't overthink it. Just like, let it come naturally because if you overthink it you're just going to freak yourself out even more yeah do you tell that to your um your trainees yep i definitely do (laughs) it's a good message they do have to think but don't ruin it yeah yeah like when they're taking a blood pressure they tend to retake their blood pressure like five times just to like be sure and i'm like if you're overthinking it, then you're probably going to get the number wrong. And then they end up telling me like a number um, that's an odd number. But when you're like auscultating a blood pressure, it all has to be even. So when I take my blood pressure and I double check for them, I'm like, you were you were probably going to be right if you <laughs> didn't overthink it because our numbers are really close. Yeah. Yeah. They'll get do they take their own blood pressure? Yeah. Sometimes they training? do. Yeah. 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 yeah, we do that probably like once every two, three months right. or so. We'll practice on each other at the station, at our meetings. This summer, I I participated in like a like a training drill kind of thing. And it was one of those like chaos, mass hysteria, you know, everything's falling apart, you know, multiple deaths, like all that. All, it's like everything all at once. I think it was like the final training drill of the module whatever it was and I and I was playing the part 
of like the crazy parent who drives up bad out of hell starts screaming starts just running all over the place and they have to figure out like you know what to do with me amidst all the other stuff that's going on it was an incredible opportunity you know for these young kids to like get immersed in the the chaos because i can only imagine that you know some calls are just complete chaos yes they are definitely how do you handle that i just try to stay calm in all honesty like yes i could be kind of freaking out internally especially when it's with patients that you know i had this happen to me not too long ago a couple mm-hmm. months ago there was a six patient car accident and two of them I knew they were okay but like seeing them in that state and like knowing that they'll definitely remember that it was me there because they were the ones who said my name and I didn't realize at first that it was them um that also happens a lot you could get a patient that is in like really bad condition and you don't realize that it's somebody that you know until afterwards yeah it was a pretty chaotic scene there was we used every single ambulance in Clarkstown just for that call and I remember my patient was like not doing too good but I just kind of went through all the protocols in my head as to like what we do for this we treat symptomatically you try to get them stable enough to get them to the hospital. And in the end, like, I just kept telling myself, you know, I did the best I could. I did everything that I could. You know, whatever happens from here, like, it's just fate at that point. Do you have any thoughts or designs on, like, moving forward in the medical field? now that you've had all of this EMT experience? Yeah, if um, I want to become a registered nurse and then go into paramedicine, and then I probably want to have my own private practice, and then I want to go straight into surgery. So, but like I'm taking the long way because I don't know my actual limits. And I don't want to like just jump into surgery and then realize that it's not something that I can actually handle. And, you know, being a parent, you know, kind of plays into how much can you fill your bucket with? Yes, (laughs) exactly. How much can you juggle? I mean, you know, when, once they go to school, maybe, you know, your, your son is, is young. He's uh, just turned a year. He's he's turning two in a month. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, time goes quickly. Yeah. So, you know, having the, the children in play, it's like, okay, now I have to go for my training. Now I have to work. I have to sleep. <laughs> There's so many yeah. things to balance, but I, I like how, you know, sort of level and calm you're moving into this headspace of level, which is hard to maintain. Um, yeah. but I think you're getting a lot of good practice with that EMS training. Yeah, definitely. So what is something that you are grappling with now? That's a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's more so just like trying to balance work 
and my family. Like every time I'm at work, I'm always missing my son. I talk about him constantly and I'm always like, anything could happen to me. And sometimes I get nervous that I'm not gonna make it home because a lot of the time um, there are crazy like accidents that happen with EMTs. So you've been hearing a lot about it in the city. We'll get like patients that aren't necessarily the most like mentally stable and they could have like something on them and they could like use it on the EMT if they get mad enough. That's why one of our big mottos is BSI scene safety. Mm. And it kind of, it means um, body, I think body substance isolation. And basically that just means like, make sure the scene is safe before you try to do anything. So anytime we respond to a call, a police officer has to go in first before we do just to make sure that everything is safe because we don't we don't have a bulletproof vest on you know and we're in the back of an ambulance which is just like a box in close proximity with a patient right and you kind of have to be aware to like make sure that they're not reaching into their pockets or anything because anything could happen right 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 same thing when you're working on the side of the highway for a car accident a car could not be paying attention and just come and hit you right. it's happened right yeah you guys put yourselves into some pretty crazy positions yeah even with like sicknesses you can catch something that your patient has and you don't know about it and you get really sick were you doing emt stuff during covid so they weren't allowing me to ride on the ambulance because i wasn't a cleared emt yet mm. Um, so they, I didn't start writing until October of 2021. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was supposed to get on the ambulance in 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, that's when the pandemic started. So, right. That must've been a really crazy time for you. Yeah, it was, it was crazy for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> what was just. I, so you weren't cleared until, you know, kind of year, a year into it, but even in 2021, we were still seeing a lot of, you know, yeah. death and dying and, you know, big sickness and stuff. What was that experience like for you? Um, it was pretty scary at first because these were like regular people that were just getting really sick. And a lot of people, you know, they think that COVID isn't a big deal. And it really is. Um, I had a patient that went into respiratory arrest. And he was, he wasn't even that old. He didn't really have like too many medical problems. But like his lung collapsed. And he like started coding in my hands. So that kind of like freaked me out a little bit. I mean, thankfully he made it. We got him to the hospital in time, but it's still really scary because, you know, a lot of people think that this is just a regular flu or regular cold and it can be so much worse. You can, pro you can probably take it, like get COVID mm -hmm. and not feel anything, mm -hmm. but you can pass it on to somebody else and end up killing that person. Yeah. 
it's true and that that was the that was the scariest part about you know the whole thing when it first came out before there were vaccines you know we we and know in our house we were like we're not going anywhere we're not, like i went to the grocery store and you know came back and yeah we was like no we're just gonna stick around at home and we did that for it was like so six months or something like that before i started going back into work at some point that year that was um 2020 2021 so i think the teachers went back in the building i don't know it was like october or something like that and um students would like come in a little at a time and we were like and at that point i i hadn't had it yet i didn't get it until um last may is it last may what what month is it yeah almost a year ago is when my daughter graduated from rcc actually and i got it like at some point during her graduation <laughs> i started feeling bad and i hadn't been sick like that in a very long time i was home like i was i was okay it took me five days to like feel like i was human again but i keep thinking like people with respiratory issues people who are older people with who are compromised you know i can't imagine what that was like for the millions of people who actually died from this disease yeah. yeah um okay so we talked about grappling with about ba the balance which makes a lot of sense this is a two-part question tell me one thing that you miss about your high school self and then tell me one thing that's gotten better since you graduated. In high school, I had a lot more time for dancing, a lot more time for the arts. And I really miss that. I really, really miss performing. Um, I do plan on getting back into it, though. I do plan on finishing my degree. Yeah, definitely. How far were you from that? I had half a year left. Oh, 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 so you're so close. I know, I know. Uh, so when that, so that was the semester, that spring semester was when everything shut down. Mm -hmm. So you had started that semester. I started it and I just didn't finish it. So you probably have about 12 credits to, to finish up. Class. yeah um, so what is one thing that has gotten better since you became a 20 something <laughs> definitely the confidence yeah um and like i said before i've definitely calmed down a lot i don't let things affect me too much and i've i've been through some like pretty tough times a lot has happened since i graduated high school and honestly, I'm very proud of myself for making it through all of that because a lot of the things that I went through, a lot of other people just never make it out of that hole. And I will say that my son has been the biggest thing that helped me through all of that. How do you think that's true? So, you know how, like I said, growing up, I always had a tough family. My son, he's my everything. And I want to give him the life that he deserves. And I know what not to do. 
to to uh to give him a good life and i know that if mommy gives up that's not like the best thing for him and i want to show him that you know you can make it through if you work hard if you just try you know you got this and i think he also knows and he'll grow up knowing that he's got support yes he's got he's got a community he's got a support system that will he can lean on he can fall and they'll help lift him up and nudge him forward yes yeah if you could give a piece of sage advice to high school students now what would that be don't rush it take your time <laughs> you'll because if you rush it you're afterwards that you rushed it you know kind of like with me moving out of my parents house mm. I could be living in a house but I wanted to get out so badly that I just decided to start an apartment mm. which is still you know pretty good but I would be saving a lot more money if I lived in a house yeah paying for rent is kind of like paying for a mortgage at least the amount yeah. that I pay well uh, yeah I mean thinking about the the space that you have and if you were going for a house that's a much larger space and a larger amount of money yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's it's tough and and are you are you single mom in it Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it's a lot on your shoulders yeah so take your time guys like don't don't rush it and um if you're like going through something don't be afraid to ask for help yes that's true it's true and it doesn't matter how old you are or how you know capable you think you are we can't handle everything yeah <laughs> we don't have superpowers <laughs> and we we want to we want people to think we do we do not And this next question, I'm actually interested to hear because you are so spread thin, because you have so much going on, what are three self-care practices that you do to help you to center or regulate yourself? Face masks are a big thing. (laughs) So definitely taking care of myself. Um, Even just like meditation, yoga, I still do yoga. Thank you, Miss Tiro. <laughs> um, and then just kind of like finding like 10 minutes out of the day to just sit in peace and quiet to like kind of try to not think about anything. Same, it's it kind of falls with that meditation mm-hmm. as well. But I have like a view of the forest in, um, in my window. So I like to sit at my piano and just like look outside. I can see the foxes and the deer and it's pretty cool. So that's so great. You're doing okay. Thank you. Sounds like you're doing really, really well. Well, we have come to the end of our questioning of our episode. I know of change forever. <laughs> Thank you, Arnelli, for sitting with me and taking the time out of like your really crazy busy schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me.
It is my absolute pleasure. And everybody, once again, welcome to season four. And check me out next week for the next episode of Change for the Better, The Power of Arts in Education. Yay! <laughs>